All Around Joe podcast, where you'll find tips and insights from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. Hey guys, I hope you're having a great week. I am going to be sharing with you today the story of Joe the Iron Man episode 3. And just to let you in on a little fun tidbit, I actually already recorded this one a few days ago and I tried to do the pre-race, meaning like Friday before the race, Saturday, and then actually the whole race in one episode. Turned into a really long episode and I felt like I ran out of energy and just wasn't able to give you guys the good story and tips and tricks and all that fun stuff about my Ironman Canada experience that I would have liked to. So I'm going to give this one another shot. We're going to break it up though. This is just going to be the pre-race episode and then we'll have another episode. The next episode will be the actual race just so that I can really dig into it and give you guys what you want to hear about my setup my emotional well-being during the race and things that I would change. So before we get into that, though, I want to make sure that you guys are following me on the social channels, especially the Instagrams, because I'm posting a lot. I'm making a huge effort to post almost daily or multiple times a day on the Instagram. And you can follow me at Instagram.com slash Joe, And I'm sharing things like my current training, what I'm doing from day to day, movement patterns that I'm working on, coffee that I'm drinking, sometimes food that I'm eating, but mostly the movement pattern type of stuff. Um, so you can get all of that information over at Instagram.com slash Joe. But I will also be posting these things on Facebook and Twitter if those are your preferred channels. At Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com slash all around Joe or Twitter is actually different. It's twitter.com slash Joe underscore Bauer. I do have the all around Joe at Twitter, but I just do not use it. So maybe that will change in the future, but make sure you follow me on Twitter at Joe underscore Bauer. And if you have any questions, you can always hit me up on those social channels or via email at Joe at all Happy to answer any questions that you might have. But without further ado, let's get into this pre-race, and you can find all those show notes at allaroundjoe.com 70 slash allaroundjoe.com slash 71. Okay, so leading up to an Ironman event, you are going to have a few days before the event that you're going to have to get there. Okay, so if it's local, you probably don't care. You're going to have to be checked in on the Friday before a Sunday event. But if you have to travel at all, you have to plan for this. And in my particular situation, we had to leave uh, or we had to be up in Penticton, Canada uh, on Friday by 4 p.m. to check in for the Sunday event. Okay, so we were planning for that. But even before that, I had some interesting pre-race drama. So you want to make sure that your equipment is completely in check leading into the race, right? Like you want to make sure your wetsuit is great, your bike is great, your running shoes are great. All these tools that you're going to need that if they blow up, you will potentially not be able to finish the event. And a few days leading up into the event, I'm literally doing my last swim taper right? Or one of my last swim tapers and I'm pulling my wetsuit on and it completely rips. 
So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to be in Canada. It's going to be cold water. You're going to have a wetsuit or everybody's going to have a wetsuit. What am I going to do? I don't want to go out and just buy a brand new wetsuit because this one was fine. And you can usually repair wetsuits, but I, I wasn't able to get it repaired in time. So fortunately, I was able to call up a friend who had a hookup with Blue 70 who gave me the rep's information and the rep gave me a demo suit to wear for the Ironman. How cool is that? So they hooked me up with this sweet demo suit for the Ironman. And then I actually ended up buying the suit from them at a a discounted price, which is fantastic. So that's why I'm a huge advocate of Blue 70, guys. Their suits fit really great. Their reps and their company is just, they're good people. So they hooked me up big time because I was probably not going to be very comfortable swimming that race without a wetsuit. So I thought that I was in the clear, had this huge drama, you know, I'm training for six months and I wasn't able to have a wetsuit and be ready for the race in what I trained for. It was still a little bit uh, not perfect to have to do use a wetsuit that was different than what I was I was training in, but still it was, you know, it worked out great. It was awesome. And I have links for Blue 70, all that in the show notes if you guys want to check those guys out, but it's just you, you can find everything at allaroundjoe.com slash 71. So I thought I was in the clear. And then I'm on <clears throat> my second to last training ride on my bike. And I hear this rubbing sound on coming from one of my wheels. So I, <laughs> I knew that that wasn't good. You know, you don't want to hop on to uh, an Ironman event with a bike that you don't necessarily feel comfortable on. So I went into Mr. Crampy's in Redmond and fortunately knew one of the mechanics there. And he told me, get this, that my spoke could puncture my rim at any time and that my wheels were unrideable. (laughs) Yep. So second to last training ride, I get that information. Again, I'm in a situation right there where I've been training for six months kind of like this poor Ironman guy. I don't want to spend hundreds of dollars on new wheels. So I'm freaking out. What am I going to do? This guy, Sean, that was the mechanic, offers to let me borrow his wheels for the event. How freaking awesome is that? So I <laughs> have my wetsuit tear. I have my spokes for my wheel almost puncture through the wheel. And who knows if I would have made it if I didn't have the, that happen. Or let's say that I didn't hear the rubbing sound until I was at the Ironman. Holy smokes, that could have been a disaster. But then the mechanic hooks me up big time and gave me better wheels than I was actually riding on anyway to use for the event. So freaking fantastic. I owe those people, you know, the event. It's awesome. Freaking people are awesome. So make sure, as a side note, that you get all of your equipment tuned up if you need to. Definitely have your bike tuned up before the event, right? Make sure that everything is good. Make sure that you have extra tires with you, extra tubes, all of that fun stuff. So that you are ready, so that all you have to do is focus on your body and getting through the event. You do not want to have to think about the equipment failing, although sometimes you'll get flats and things will happen and there will be people to help you, but you really want to be focusing on the event itself. So I got those two hurdles out of the way. 
And for the event, we were going to be driving. When I say we, my parents and myself, they were going to be, my parents were going to be supporting me, driving me, all that fun stuff up to Penticton. So we were going to make the long drive over to Eastern Washington and up through to Canada on Friday morning. So we packed everything into the car on Thursday night just to make sure that it was all there. And you want to make sure that you have everything. I am an overpacker in these types of situations. You know, pack everything from extra pairs of socks to like slippers that you want to wear after the event to like, you know, the loungewear that you want to wear after the event to like your favorite snacks that you might want to have the day before or day after all of that stuff, plus all those things that you need for, you know, game day that you're going to want to have, like all of your goos, all of your water bottles, all of that stuff has got to come with you and should be either already pre-mixed way early or like pre-put into the water bottles so that when it's time, you can mix that stuff up right before if you don't want to have it pre-mixed. So overpack, make sure that you have everything, make a checklist way before the event so that you know that if you need to go buy stuff, you can buy it beforehand. And everybody's going to be a little bit different as to what they bring with them. But just make your checklist, make sure that you've got it all so that you can rest assured and not be freaking out that you don't have something. So we plan to be leaving 7am on Friday morning. And if you know the Bauer family at all, you know that we are not very good at being on time for things. So we definitely missed that cutoff of 7 a.m. departure, but it was all right. We planned for having a lot of extra time. We only needed to be checked in by 4 p.m. So we drove over to Chelan, Washington, had some lunch, then started headed up to the border, the Canadian-Washington border. And it was cool. They said there was only, it was about 2 p.m. There was an estimated 15-minute wait. No big deal until we realized that we had been waiting for 30 minutes and you know me, uh, I'm freaking out a little bit. I'm like, wow, again, I've put in, I had, I put in six months of training. I don't want to miss the check-in, although it probably would have been just fine either way if we were a little bit late. No big deal, I'm sure. But I already had the thing happen with the wetsuit, with the bike. I'm like, man, oh man, something is trying to make it so I cannot do this event. So we're waiting for about 30 minutes. And then we pull up to the border the border patrol area, you know, where the, in the, I guess where they, you know, ask for your passports and all that fun stuff. They look us over, you know, mom, dad, Joe there. I've got all, you know, the bike on the back and all this equipment and everything in the car. They have you roll down the windows, fun stuff. They decide that we need more checking out. So they ask us to pull into the interrogation area where we park our car, we get out and we have to go into the booth or the the waiting area there, and they hold us only, fortunately, for about 10 minutes and then just tell us we can go. So I don't know what that was about, but it definitely increased my stress levels, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, what what in the world is going on here? What if they would have, you know, not let us into Canada? Would have been crazy. But so they let us go, and we have about 45-minute drive left to Penticton. Totally going to make it for the check-in, no big deal. Then we get to Penticton, though, and there's no signs for Iron Man check-in at all. Like, they gave us a, a location, right, in the packet that you get before the event or the email and all that fun stuff. But what they didn't account for is that there was no map. And when a lot of us go into Canada from the United States, we do not 
set up our phones for Canadian roamings. We don't want to pay for it. So none of us had the GPS that we usually have. And there's no signs. We literally drove around for about 15 minutes um, trying to follow people because it's packed and like seeing where things were. And then asked, finally asked someone who helped us out and was able to point us in the right direction. So make sure that you're accounting for that. If you're going to be in a different country for one of these events, make sure that you have a map that you know exactly where you're going or that you're going to pay for the data services that you need to use your GPS on your phone so that you can quickly find things. I mean, nowadays I would probably just pay for it and have you know the Canadian roaming or service and some of these plans actually give you free Canada service. But if you're in a country that's not going to give you the service that you need, then just make sure that you're accounting for that because it's not very fun when you don't know where you're going. And so much of us these days rely rely upon our smartphones that when you take that away, it's like half of our brain doesn't work, you know? (laughs) So we finally find the registration tent with about 30 minutes to spare. So I can finally breathe some relief into my body. And it's like a gauntlet, you know, a bunch of lines that you go through in these tents and they have you sign your life away and they give you a packy of great race goodies like your timing chip, your race number, your info, your manual, your transition bags, your special needs bags, your swim cap, and you in a backpack that says Ironman Canada on it so that you can carry everything. And, you know, I've got to say that the, the volunteers there were super friendly, super nice. And then after that, so we're all checked in, there's a racer's dinner followed by a mandatory racer's meeting. And at the event, just know that they're going to have dinner, but it may not be exactly what you usually eat. Two days before, you should be all right to have, you know, what you want. I'd say the night before, you want to make sure that you have something that you know is going to digest well in your body. But two days before, you could probably get away with that pasta and all that junk that they're serving you, all that cheap food. But know that there's probably not going to be very much protein. So if you're a paleo type eater, there's probably not going to be stuff for you there. And I remember having to eat my own protein that was not provided at that event. So just be or just know that you're not necessarily going to have what you're looking for there unless you've asked around and made sure that that is what is in your diet. Then the mandatory meeting was cool. It was just a bunch of stuff that they needed to tell you for you know, regulations and all that fun stuff. And they had a couple of cool guest speakers, which was fun to go to. If this was the night before the event, I probably wouldn't have wanted to go. But since it was two nights before the event, it was cool to hang out there and kind of get the feeling and be around all these super fit, fit people and just, you know, listen and try and relax and know that we had a another day ahead of us. So af- after that, we got ready and we drove to our hotel, which in that particular area, we had to book a hotel that was like 30 to 45 minutes away from the event. So this was something that we booked even months in advance. Make sure that you have checked that out when you sign up for your event, you know, for your Ironman. When you sign up for it, Definitely get a hotel booked right away, right after. And ideally, you want it to be as close to the event start as possible so that you do not have to have any kind of commute on that day. You want to be as relaxed and everything as possible. Fortunately, I have a friend that was that was that had a place that was close to the start where I was going to stay on the Saturday night before the Sunday event. And we could just walk from that place to the starting line. So I didn't stay at the actual hotel because it was too far away. But we drove to the hotel, no big deal. It was actually worked out pretty nice. Nice, it wasn't too expensive. 
um, and got ready for the next day. And on day two, go and get it. It was perfect. So that was very, very helpful. Again, if you can look into that and make sure that you're going to be eating the same things that you're used to, that is something that you're going to want to do. And then after breakfast, so it's a Saturday before the event, uh, I did a just small last taper run followed by a short bike ride, mostly just to make sure that everything is feeling good and the bike is ready to go. I just did it through the neighborhood. You can imagine, you know, all some dude in the spandex riding through some neighborhood. People were probably like, what in the world is going on? Hopefully they knew that there was an Ironman that was about 30 to 45 minutes away. But you just make sure that everything is feeling good. It's a short workout. It's not really going to cut you down at all. It's just getting you ready. All right. Then I got myself nice and shaved up, right? So you're supposed to shave your legs when you're doing these bike ride events so that the hair doesn't have to be scraped off of your body if you were to have a bad fall on the asphalt. Okay, I've heard some terror stories about people who've had to have the hair shaved off of their body on this road rash. So it's much better to just shave those legs. And actually, can't believe I'm admitting this, but it's really nice to have some nice, smooth, shaved legs. And I secretly wish that it wasn't such a weird thing because it is super nice to have those shaved legs on a regular basis. Although I do not shave my legs now, so there's that. But yeah, I... Um, if you're going to shave your legs, guys, I recommend taking some hair clippers to them, cutting them as short as you can, and then shaving off the short stubble after that. And it will be, you know, easy enough, although it was harder than I expected. So you girls, you know, good job on that because it was not easy as shaving your face to shave those legs because of all the different contours and things that go into that. But after I had my legs silky smooth, then I got all of my essentials ready for the race, right? So I was eating uh, peanut butter and honey sandwiches on whole wheat bread. So I made sure and had all my bags packed with one or two of those. I made sure I had a bottle or two of the Hammer Perpetuum in all my bags. Uh, I made sure I had extra goose, all of the stuff for the race that you'll need for each particular area, right? So the all of your swim stuff, your, your goggles, your wetsuit, your uh, swim cap, and then the bike, you've got to have a little bit more stuff. So uh, you're taping on your goose. I like to have my goose duct taped onto the, f the top bar there so you can rip them off and just take them without having to open them. It opens them automatically if you have them taped right. Although I do have a funny story coming, story coming for you on the next podcast about how that kind of backfired on me, but a way for the, that you can make sure that it works good for you. So you get all your special needs bag ready to go. Then you drive or go back to the race start and you take your bike with you, take your transition bags. And what you're going to go do is you're going to go drop those bags off in a particular area that they'll have set up for you. And at this event, it was just right next to the lake, which was very beautiful. And you have a number on your bag and there's tons and tons of rows, right? Because there's 3000 plus people doing this event. So you just go and find your row and you put your bag in the right numbered place. And they have a system for how they're going to take those bags and have them available for you when you're either going to be on your bike or at one of your transition uh, stations, right? So they've got it really figured out. It's cool and pretty easy to do that. Then what you do is you take your bike to the bike transit transition slash rack area 
and you're going to drop that off, right? So you just find it again. There's a spot where you put your bike in. Just know that if you get there late, you might have to really move some things around in order to get your bike to fit, even though there's a designated spot for it. And I, in particular, got a little bit in trouble by having to move some of other people's bikes in order for my bike to fit. It wasn't like these people didn't know, but people are very particular about their expensive Ironman bikes. So just know that if you do get there late, you might get some dirty looks from people that had their bikes set up exactly how they wanted to them, you know, particular inch here, inch there, you know, water bottle, blah, blah, blah. So (laughs) just make sure that you keep that in mind. And if you get there early, that would uh, eliminate that issue. And you could be the one that was standing there looking at people that were moving your bike around. So either way, it doesn't matter. You should be good to go. You're not going to hurt your bike. So then after that, you get a bunch of time to kind of hang out. And I had a bunch of friends coming to watched the event. So I was able to meet up with them. It was a nice day. We walked around a little bit and just kind of, you know, tried to relax as best as possible and make sure eating on a regular basis so that you have your fuel up. But you should be really ready to go. And at this point, you should be feeling good because you're tapered. You should be well nourished. Everything should be going in the direction of being ready for the race. So the only thing that really happened Next on that Saturday before the race was that we went out for Mexican food. I'd eaten Mexican food on a regular basis before long training days so that I knew that if I had some fajitas with some meat, some vegetables, some rice, some beans, I was going to feel good the next day. So we went out there, got that food. Uh, If that's what you're going to, if you can figure out what you're going to eat that you've eaten before, do that. That's what I would recommend. Try not to change it because you don't want something that's going to make your stomach feel weird. So we were all ready to go, fueled up, had all of my equipment, walking over to my friend's house. We had a 4 a.m. wake up call the next day for the event. And that's going to be what the next podcast is about. I'm going to be waking up on my arrow bed in my friend's place, getting everything ready, and we're going to do the Ironman Canada. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast leading up to the Ironman Canada event. I hope that you found it interesting and that you were able to get some stuff from it or at least just listen to the story. So you can find the show notes over at allaroundjoe.com slash 71. Having trouble saying that today for some reason. That's allaroundjoe.com slash 71. And make sure, like I said, if you're interested in knowing what I'm doing on a regular basis, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram is Instagram.com slash AllAroundJoe. Facebook is Facebook.com slash AllAroundJoe. And I screwed up the Twitter, and it's Twitter.com slash Joe underscore Bauer. But go ahead and follow me if you have any questions about the pre-race type of stuff. You can always email me as well or shoot me messages on those social accounts. I'm always posting stuff on there, so you might find some really cool stuff to check out. All right, guys, like I said, the next story of Joe the Iron Man is going to be the actual Iron Man Canada event. So stay tuned for that. If it's done already, I'll have the link to that in the show notes. It should be allaroundjoe.com slash 72 if this podcast that you're listening to has been out for a while. But the All Around Joe podcast, where you'll find tips and insights from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. I will see you on the next podcast.